in the name of Jesus, the Savior of all, meaning yours and mine, your Christian friends. The Loch Ness Monster, is it real? Photos have surfaced throughout the years of a creature that looks like a, a, a sea serpent almost like, or maybe a descendant of some kind of a di dinosaur. But no one has ever found or, or captured one. So what it exactly is remains a mystery. How about the assassination of John F. Kennedy? Did Lee Harvey Oswald act on his own? Was he the only shooter? Were other people involved? Lots of speculations. No definite answers. Remains a mystery. What about the Magi in our Gospel lesson? Where was their home? How long did they travel? Were there three of them? How did they know about that star in, in the sky? Again, lots of questions, but no real specific answers. Remains a mystery. You know, throughout the history of the world, there have been unsolved mysteries, even as simple as how to cure the common cold. You know, today we are observing the, uh, the epiphany of our Lord. And as I said in the introduction to this service, that word epiphany really means to make known or to reveal. And throughout the epiphany season, God reveals some things to us about himself and maybe we could say share some secrets with us. In other words, he solves some mysteries. And in our text uh, for today, Paul speaks about a mystery that many of the Jews at, at his time had a hard time figuring out. Lots of questions. But from his words, he emphatically points out to them that the mystery has been solved. And what mystery was he talking about? Well, the Jews of his time had, couldn't figure out how or why God would want to save Gentiles and not just the Jews. And the answer was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul begins with these words. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is a mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. You know, when you look into the Old Testament, you'll see that it's a history of God's chosen people, the Jews, and how God kept that promise of the Savior alive through them. On the other hand, you have another group, the other group of people, the Gentiles, uh, the non-Jews, who were often labeled as being enemies of the Jews and unbelievers walking in darkness on the road to hell. So we have two groups of people who were enemies of each other, with the, with the Jews being the chosen people from whom the Savior would come. So it made sense to the Jews that since they were God's chosen people and the Gentiles weren't, that must mean that God loved them more than he loved the Gentiles. Maybe he didn't love the Gentiles at all. 
And so they deserved to be saved because of who they were, but the Gentiles didn't. Have you ever thought that way? Have you ever, in a sense, looked at yourself in the mirror and said to yourself, you deserve God's love and forgiveness more than most because of the Christian that you are and because of how you live. I would bet that each one of us has had a thought like that at one time or another in our lives. And, and if you have, then you are just as wrong as the Jews at Paul's time. You see, in spite of all the, the negative de- uh, dealings that the Jews had with the Gentiles, God loved them and he wants all people to be saved. Paul told them that in verse 6. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. You see, there was a massive barrier that separated the Jews uh, from the Gentiles, and that barrier was sin. In fact, that barrier separated both groups from God. And before the Gentiles could be heirs together with Israel, that barrier of sin needed to be removed, not just for the Gentiles, but also for the Jews. But the mystery in their head was, how? Can that barrier be removed by the things that a person does? By trying hard and doing the best that you can do? Most people would say yes. God says no. Because trying hard or doing best cannot remove any barrier of sin. God demands perfection from all, a demand that everybody fails to meet. So how is that barrier removed? Paul gives them the answer. Jesus. Paul said that it's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can remove that barrier and bring people together. And the gospel states that God sent Jesus from heaven to earth as a man so he could live under that law and keep God's demand of perfection. And after living that perfect life, God took Jesus, his one and only son, and piled the sins of the world completely on him and had him nailed to a cross. Now why would God have his son put to death for sins he never committed? Why would God blame his son, abandon him, and have him feel suffer the pain of hell when Jesus himself was completely innocent? Doesn't make sense. Yet it's a mystery we call grace. The fact that God would send his son on a mission to save people who don't deserve to be saved. The fact that Jesus would endure the torture and the pain of the cross and hell for people like us who often are so unloving toward him and others defies all logic. Yet he did. And in doing so, paid for the sins of all, both Jew and and Gentile. He has won salvation for all. You know, his plan of salvation is truly amazing and mind-boggling. Yet there was another mystery that Paul found to be amazing. He said, 
I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. You know, God could have chosen one of his faithful disciples of Jesus who had traveled with him for three years to be his missionary to the Gentiles, and yet he didn't. Instead, he chose an enemy of Christ, a persecutor and a, a, a murderer of Christians to go and preach the saving message of Jesus to the Gentiles. We could maybe compare that to trying to convert a, a violent Muslim terrorist to Christianity so that he could go to the Muslim world, world and tell them about Jesus. It would take the same kind of miracle. Because Paul was a terrorist. And yet God chose him to be his child and then his messenger. The greatest messenger and missionary this world has ever seen. And through the preaching of the gospel, the Gentiles who were the Old Testament enemies of God's people would be co-heirs with the Jews of eternal life through faith in Jesus. You know, as we hear all that, we who were baptized as infants and grew up hearing that Jesus loves all and died for all might think that what we're hearing is not a really a big deal because it's really nothing new. And yet, my friends, we need to be careful that we don't forget our past. Paul couldn't. And then his past made him appreciate even more the grace of his God. We too need to remember our past. That we were conceived and born with sin. We have and always will have a sinful nature that hates God. That wants to live only for ourselves and indulge in all the immorality, the wickedness, and the sinful pleasures that this world has to offer. And we could have gone through life like that. But God didn't want that. In His grace, the Holy Spirit changed us at our baptism when He brought us to faith, washed away our sins, and made us God's children. But without His work in our hearts, we would be like those walking around in the darkness of unbelief having no real meaning or purpose in life, not certain what's going to happen to them after death, with an eternity in hell as their future. That's why we can't forget our past, because it makes us appreciate even more the amazing grace of our God. And because of God's grace, Paul mentions one other blessing. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You know, we don't have to be afraid of God. We now know Him as our loving Heavenly Father whom we can boldly and confidently approach with every and any request we have.
You know, the history of the world has been filled with mysteries. Is there such a thing as a Loch Ness Monster? What about, these, what about the details of the assassination of JFK? And what about the Magi? I mean, we can go on and on with mysteries, some being solved and others not. The mystery that Paul spoke about had been solved. How can the Gentiles be one with the Jews? How can the Gentiles be saved when they were not God's chosen people in the Old Testament? The mystery is solved with the word gospel. The good news that Jesus lived, died, and rose again to save all people, both Jews and Gentiles. And that's the main message of Epiphany. We have a worldwide Savior. No matter who you are, no matter what your background, no matter where you were born, no matter what you have done, Jesus loves you. He's your Savior. There's no mystery about that whatsoever. And how grateful we are for that and what comfort and joy we find in that. Amen.